Fill my arms, the weight is gone My eyes are wide, I'm moving on This is Farm Talk Radio And I am your host, Farmer Mike On today's episode, I sit down with Brooke Taylor in Toronto, Ontario Brooke is plant passionate She is an avid urban gardener She works for Spruced Up, a property beautification company that operates out of Leslieville. And in the winter, she flies down to Panama, where she lives in the jungle, off-grid, helping to teach a permaculture design course and learning to live more sustainably. We are upstairs of the Peasant Table Restaurant in Leslieville, We are sipping on a side launch wheat beer, and we are ready to talk plants. So I'm here live with Brooke Taylor. We are upstairs of the Peasant Table, a restaurant in Leslieville. And Brooke, could you introduce yourself for our listeners? Hey, Farmer Mike. I'm an entrepreneur. I do uh, garden design and garden maintenance in the east end of Toronto. Um, I have a special interest in urban agriculture, and I've been working towards that since university. Okay. And what is your university background? We talked a bit about it. Um, I went to school for environmental and urban sustainability at Ryerson University. Um, My senior project I did, I focused on green roofs and doing urban agriculture and community housing to bring people closer together to lower crime rates to um, help with like their food bills essentially so Um, sort of food security exactly exactly and localizing food networks um, in the city and that got me into the Bowery Project which is a non-profit organization here in Toronto Um, they build urban gardens around the city they're like mobile urban gardens made out of milk crates so they can kind of move from any vacant space in the city uh they have a grant from the government here to do um to fill uh, vacant spaces such as places that are going to be developed into condos okay um so you're talking like empty parking lot you guys come in how do you plant in a milk crate like uh yeah (laughs) So we got actually all the milk crates donated and then you staple in landscape liner uh, and then we fill that with whatever composition of soil that you want to do depending on what you're growing. Um, Our biggest farm was 1500 milk crates. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's really awesome. We are connected to a lot of restaurants in Toronto that we sell the produce to just so we can kind of make ends meet but we do teach workshops and uh hosted summer camps for the local communities which really it was weird to to teach and like be around these people and see like how many people don't know how to grow their own food and have no Mm -hmm. idea where their food comes from or like Mm -hmm. how easy it is to like grow kale or grow greens or that they can actually the kids would be like I can eat this and like be holding a tomato and they Mm -hmm. don't know what pasta sauce is made out of you know like it was just I didn't grow up I grew up in Niagara Falls so I grew up in like a more rural area whereas coming into like an urban environment and seeing kids that grew up in this urban environment I it just doesn't make sense to me that they have no 
kind of touch with nature, know that like connection that you can have. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's really what I would love to bring to the city. Sort of that education side. Yeah. And just to having green spaces, just more green spaces in general, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did, like, did you have sort of the other side of the experience where, like, you're working in some lower income neighborhoods? Like, a lot of immigrants have come from more agricultural societies where, like, they've grown up working the land or being subsistence farmers. Like, did you have that side of things as well? Um, well, our one garden, our biggest garden was at Girard and Sherborne, which is obviously like nice. a really kind of a bad neighborhood in the city. And all the kids from that summer camp are from low-income families yeah. and kind of just introducing them and exposing them to like such a green space and showing them that you can grow flowers and you can, you can make a smoothie out of this kale. Yeah. Like they were just astonished yeah blown yeah. away like they yeah. just loved it and we made a uh, seed balls that they threw and then our the other garden that i managed was at um uh queen Spadina at the youth center okay. the ymca youth center and they would Very come nice. out and they'd help out and they've never done anything like that before in their life and they're kind of like troublesome teens i guess right and mm -hmm. they they'd come out and they'd water the garden they'd weed and it really it helped them and they were focused and they were doing something that was like beneficial right yeah. So that was really interesting to see. So you're looking sure. at it from like an education perspective, yeah, definitely. a health perspective, yeah. and making these communities more food secure. Yes, of course. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so let's let's switch topics. Let's focus a little bit on what you do currently because that is also a pretty fantastic project. You're working for a company called <laughs> Spur Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, so I started with him two years ago um, and started as just like a helping hand uh, doing garden maintenance in the city and then he kind of gave me free reign. Yeah, free yeah. reign. It was like you can do whatever you want. So then I got into um, garden design. I worked with uh, a lot of established garden designers in the city uh did a couple of apprenticeships and so i got you i uh, got really interested in garden design and companion planting and, and planting nice. flowers and food and also taking away the lawn culture of toronto and like most of north america and kind of yeah. converting that into gardens and things that are beneficial to the rainwater catchment right and bees and birds and things like that that mm -hmm. like our lawns like don't really do lawns are so dumb <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Aesthetically, people think they're amazing. There's this amazing book called Lawn People. Okay. And it's about um, just how they wanted to sue this one neighbor because he never cut his lawn. And, like, it actually is a bylaw that your lawn has to be... Yeah, yeah, right? There was weeds and all that shit. And, like, that doesn't matter at all. Like, mm -hmm. the... I think it's, what, it's, like, the size of L.A. or something... Or the size of California is all the green lawn space really? in North America. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. And like it's not beneficial at all to yeah. the environment. And so yeah. I really wanted to take that on and convert that into beautiful spaces that benefit our environment, especially in the state that we're in right now, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and people love it and they pick up on it. And once you kind of teach, give people the tools and teach yeah. them what they can do with their space, like... They love it, right? And it's aesthetically pleasing as well. So what are you doing when you go in? Let's say you have a front lawn or a back lawn. Someone hires you guys to come in. Like, what's the first thing that you do? 
so we go and we talk to the client and kind of yeah. see what they want, what they use their yard for. Uh, because Maybe how active they're going to be exactly. and their maintenance plan. Yeah, yes, of course, right? Because yeah. everybody says, oh, I'm going to take care of it, but they sure. never do. Okay. Um, so we usually, our regular clients, we go every two weeks and we clean it up. Uh, we are very, like, focused on native plants and pollinators. Nice. So, and then it's kind of, it gets down to, like, what color do you want? Sure. How do you tall need deck space? You, yeah. How, yeah. How old are your kids? Do you have any kids? Okay. Are you going to be walking through this space? Are there going to yeah. be cats? Are there going to be dogs? Like, there's a lot that goes into garden design. And then also making sure that you're not importing things. You're okay. not using um, unnecessary plants. Like, perennials are definitely the way we go. Like, annuals nice. are just stupid. Yep. Very they're low maintenance. Yeah, low maintenance. They come back, back every year. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, they're beneficial to this environment. So. Yeah. Yeah. And are you putting some food in with that if they want? Like, would you be putting in kale or putting in something where it's like if they, they can want. go out, they can harvest it? Yeah, if they, they want. Can, okay. I mean, I always advise that. And now yeah. that we can have cannabis, I mean, yeah. we've been advising that, that well. too? Yeah, yeah, exactly, okay. right? So, like, I will... So you could do that in your backyard? Yeah, you can do that in your backyard. Each really? house can have four plants now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then... Um, so maybe not on your front porch. No, but, but in your backyard where people won't steal them or yeah. won't judge you, I guess, if you care about yeah. that. But yeah, for sure. for sure. Yeah. So it's all really personal preference and like what people want to put into their garden. But mm-hmm. I usually like some people's gardens, I just... They're yeah. mine. Yeah. Like, they're okay. literally mine. I'll overdo them. I'll design the whole thing. And then they're like, all right, you come back every two weeks. Nice. And it's just mine. So I, essentially here, I have like 30 gardens in the same wow. So you guys focus on the East End of Toronto. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is an amazing, like, this neighborhood is just yeah. sustainable design. So cool. Everybody yeah. has like a front and a back garden. Like you yeah. see, it's very rare. You see just like a plain green lawn, which yeah. is amazing. And a lot of small businesses, oh, a lot of cool restaurants. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's no talk. big box stores. Are no allowed. big box stores. Yeah. Uh, I did see a Dollarama. <laughs> I feel like that's new. Um, <laughs> it is new. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about entrepreneurship because uh-huh. as a farmer, as an urban agriculture specialist, you, you need a diverse portfolio. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a bit about it. You do web design. You, do, you kind of offer the whole package. Like, can you talk a little bit about some of the other projects you do, some of your interests? Like, obviously, you work here at the Peasant Table from time to time. And it, it's a pretty cool story. I think there's so many different ways to make a living as a young person where you don't have to compromise your ethics your values and you can really stay true to what's important to you um so if you'd speak on that a bit that would be fantastic yeah for sure well i've served i worked in hospitality since i was 14 years old okay is that even legal i know well i actually started at 13 that's where i hesitated and that's really not legal but i grew up in niagara falls and that is what it is and like they pay you under the table and whatever But um, working in hospitality, I think, really influenced my life in urban agriculture because you just see so much get thrown out. Sure. So much. Like, you get all this uh, delivery of yeah. produce. You have no idea where disconnect. it's coming from. Yeah. Yes, you're there's disconnect. The farms, exactly. The no waste management whatsoever. Yeah. And so, like, my ideal dream goal would be to connect that in some way. I'd love to own a restaurant that like had a rooftop garden, had a greenhouse in the back and kind of, as you're waiting for your dinner, you can do a farm tour, right? And kind of see exactly where it's coming from, do cocktails. So at at Cafe Can Can on Harvard, so this is 
Sorry. Sure. <laughs> Tangent. That's okay. Yes. We're doing it. Um, hospitality, and then I went to school for this, built gardens, and then I real like I started doing planters for people, personalized planters. Nice. And that turned into doing personalized planters for gardens. I mean, for restaurants. So I did okay. cafe can cans first, and I built them a whole herb wall, which they were making cocktails. Nice. Uh, from the fresh herbs that were on the yeah. wall and so people so who were sitting on the patio no it was outdoor it was just for the spring and summer season but yeah. they'd go outside they'd get the rosemary or whatever nice. they needed and kind of go and put it on someone's cocktail and then you can kind of make that connection right so cool. I think it's all about people seeing that and seeing that it's possible yeah. and yeah. like this is right here yeah. it's that growing touch, right here taste, exactly but... and I think it makes the whole experience so much better um, and so then I did the planters here. I've done, I don't even know. I've uh, connected, I worked for a nonprofit, the Bowery Project, for a while. So I connected mm -hmm. them to restaurants in the city <clears throat> so that they can uh, get their produce localized and like from not far away, not from yeah. 100 kilometer yeah. foods, even though that's an amazing thing. Yeah. But you know, like 15 kilometers, 10 kilometers, I think cool. makes all the difference, Let's keep right? Those so, as we can. yeah, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I do everything. And I think you have to do everything, especially in this business, because you're not going to make a lot of money mm -hmm. just farming, unfortunately, even though it's like one of the most important things in the world and one of the most important skill sets. It's been like demeaned by all these huge companies and big yeah. corporations and, and like transportation thing, right? and no it's, it's a, not a new thing but it's always been that sort of peasant lifestyle rural farmer kind um, of but in in that situation like it, cabbage town is called cabbage town for a reason right yeah, because they all knew true. how to grow food and like that was like a dominant thing like they provided for themselves mm -hmm. and why like how do like none of my friends maybe one or two could yeah. grow a tomato plant but other yeah. than that like no one can and like the fact that these people don't know how to be self-sufficient or sustainable kind of blows my mind i think it's one of the mm -hmm. most important skill sets you should have yeah especially in this changing global climate a million percent right? you yeah. never know what's going to happen right? right and like one day maybe like when we can't transport bananas from Costa Rica. Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are they going to do? People are going to be like, where's my bananas? It's like, well, you never should have had a banana in your life if you live in Ontario. Yeah, have a kale smoothie today. Yeah, yeah, again. exactly, yeah. again. Yeah. And like some sweet potatoes or something, yeah. right? Like, but people don't eat with, within their climate and they yeah. don't understand that because of like mass production of food and it's mm -hmm. just, it's insane to me. Yeah, so it's looking at localizing our yes. food system at probably re-educating consumer taste into fitting into what is seasonal, mm -hmm. what supports the people who are growing food for you in your mm -hmm. community. And I think that's a pretty cool thing, and that's a pretty noble cause as well. I mean, I'm a farmer, so of course I think that. <laughs> um, but let's, yeah, let's talk winter. What do you do in the winter? I know you're headed south. Uh, that's pretty exciting, but it's also more exciting because you're heading into the jungle, into a sustainable off-grid community, and I'm going to let you pronounce the name. <laughs> um, yeah, I go to Kaliyala. It's in the jungle of Panama. Um, it is an off-the-grid sustainable community, and we... <laughs> When the water cuts out, you're done for quite a few hours. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah, no, you just have to hike up the mountain and figure out where the water cut and try and yeah. put that back together. But I started, 
I went there to get a sustainable agriculture certificate. Nice. Like three years ago, two, two or three years ago. Um, and now I'm going to go teach the program, which is super wow. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and it's all, it's permaculture based. We're also planting a huge, uh, food forest this year. Nice. So they've already got like a hundred trees in the ground, a lot of cacao, coconut. Um, and then you kind of permaculture is like three levels, right? So you want to do like a ground level of microgreens or kale or greens in True. general, and you want to do your squash, and yeah. I'll try and get tomatoes going. I got tomatoes yeah. going last time. Yeah. Tomatoes and eggplant, nice. actually, wow. which is not a tropical a, situation. It is a tough climate. It's yeah. very humid. It is, but that's why you want to have your food forest, right? So you sure. have like a top canopy, so okay. it can protect they're the shaded, lower. Yes, and they're protected from the massive rainstorms, right? Because okay. there's dry season, there's wet season. Yeah. And are and you so, down there in... Dry season. Okay. Yeah, which is... It's sort of really January hard. to... January to the end of April. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't know. It's very... It's a totally different situation, though. Mm. Farming in the tropics, which and farming here... Yeah. Is a totally different way of life. Yeah. But I think it's good to know, like, all around. And, and I mean, plants... People complicate it, but plants just need... Water, you know, talk to them, mm-hmm. and they need a like bit some of food. Music comes yeah, time, yeah, but like also food, like compost, compost and yeah, like make sure their soil is good, make sure they're you know they're healthy and they're happy. And I think yeah. if you look at them every day and you're working, like you can understand them. And like we're a plant just as much as a plant's a plant, you know. Yeah. And you know what they need, and uh, yeah. So that'll be me living Love in a hammock <laughs> on the farm. <laughs> That's the best part about Panama is that you live. Live literally on the farm so you yeah. wake up in the morning and you're there and that's your job and that's nice. literally what you live for is helping the plants live cool which is very cool yeah, yeah. yeah i really cool. like that <laughs> um we are we're getting towards the end of our episode one of the questions i like to ask is what is your biggest challenge right now and what is the greatest gift that being an entrepreneur being a local food advocate being an urban agriculture um I would say advocate again, mm-hmm. like, yeah, what are some of those challenges and what are some of those gifts? Um, okay, so the biggest challenge, especially in Toronto, yeah, I would say like basing this on this area and do, like spruce up and my planters and things, it's so all about aesthetics and it's sure. really hard to get into some of my clients' head like it doesn't have to look like this or I don't have to cut this off or or this plant doesn't have to be there and I don't have to move it five times and you know what your leaves do not have to be raked out of your garden yeah. <laughs> they're, they're good for it they're, they're good really for good it for it's mulch yeah. like it's yeah. fine if there's like a few yeah. leaves missing around the roots of a plant that's really beneficial so to get around this whole aesthetic of especially the, the beaches neighborhood Danforth like yeah. it's all about appearance yeah. and it shouldn't be when you're thinking of agriculture it should be about how these flowers or whatever plants like benefit you and or benefit the environment as a whole mm-hmm. and your lawn you know mm-hmm. like and your your like your uh natural environment but um the gifts my biggest gift is also my clients my clients love me yeah. some of my clients are just 
baffled at how amazing things turn out or, or the how transformation. the transformation, how beautiful it looks. Their kids are happy to be playing in the back or yeah. they're learning about new plants or they're, they're just, even if I build a vegetable garden, they're yeah. like, what is this? Oh my yeah. gosh, we can yeah. eat this. They're picking it up, you know, they're and they're learning. They're eating a cherry tomato. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's like the best, that's the best part of it for sure. And I, so it's all about who you're dealing with, I guess. And like the difficult people, I think they'll, it'll get through to them hopefully one yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, it is. I think it's a lifelong I, I was just going to say, I think that's the uh, lifelong goal. Yeah. Yeah, for cool. sure. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, good luck in Panama. Thank I will be in you. Costa Rica, so maybe our paths will cross. <laughs> Hopefully, um, But thank sure. you so much. I will put some links up to these incredible projects that you're doing. And we are slowly trying to, yeah, build a more local, sustainable food system and that's pretty cool work so thank you broke <laughs> you're welcome mike big thank you to brooke taylor for taking the time to sit down with us this evening i have posted a link to the website for spruced up for all your property wow. beautification Way needs please use them I have also posted a link to the project that Brooke is part of in Panama. Please check that out as well. You can find me on the road. I am currently up in Whitehorse, Yukon. Uh, it is very cold here. And that, that noise in the background is the heater just trying to stay cranked and trying to keep it comfortable in here. Um, that is it for this year. From all of us here at Farm Talk Radio, I would like to wish you a very Merry Christmas, a happy holiday season, and a happy new year. The next episode will be airing in early January. That will be with Yukon Damov. We will sit down, we will talk about this concept of universal basic income. Uh, that one is not to be missed. Our newsletter will also be out in the new year, so please don't forget to visit the website and subscribe to that. Before signing off today, I would like to extend a huge thank you to the whole Farm Talk Radio team. That is Peter Wills of Word and Data for his continued support, his work on the website, his ideas, and his enthusiasm. Uh, audio editing, Robin Clark, video work, Aaron Lai. You guys make this project run. So thank you for that. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you for the continued support, the contributions. We could not keep this project going without you. That is all for today. That is all for 2018. Big things coming up in 2019. For now, keep your shovel in the ground and stay tuned for more Farm Talk. I get it right, could all go wrong With everywhere to go Find me on the road